0: And a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Everyday Mindfulness Show. I'm Holly Duckworth, and today I have called in a guest because I need her advice and her wisdom. You know, sometimes I interview people to to share wisdom with with you, the listener, expand your information. But here's what I know: what I need, someone else out there listening to the show needs too. So I have brought on the show, Liz Wendling. She is an expert in helping people develop powerful sales programs. She is the author of five, almost six books. And today we're going to talk about book number five, Sell Without Selling Your Soul, How Smart Women Connect, Communicate, and Close with Confidence. But although this book is targeted to women, I know Liz, you work with with men and women around the world. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Holly. Happy to be here. Well, so we always start the show with, tell me what your definition of mindfulness is. And you don't have to have one. You might have one. Just, you know, what does mindfulness mean to you? We live in a world where this word is a little woo-woo, and we're all trying to define it for ourselves.
2: What's it mean for you? Well, I'll use the generic one, which is being in the moment, which tr- it, it, it is kind of a catchphrase. But I for me, it is in that moment whatever I'm doing, it's focusing on and being fully attentive to what's in front of me. So it could be when I'm writing an article. It could be when I'm working on a potential project with a client, or it could be when I'm just hanging out on the couch with my dog. I am fully focused and present in that moment. And I could actually feel it in my body when I know I'm there. And I know when I could could tell in my body when I've departed from that. So it's it's not easy for me all the time, but I catch myself and I could snap into it pretty quickly.
1: Well, it's such a gift to do this, this work and live that. And I love how you use some personal examples and some just business examples because we all have that monkey mind that, that shows up. What do you do when your monkey mind shows
2: up? Oh my gosh. I, I know when it's there, I, it has its own little voice in my head and I talk it down from the ledge. It's like, wait, do it, is this really necessary now? I ask myself, really, can I write something down and get to it at another time? I have just a few different ways that I, I, just, I really call it talking it off the ledge because it can get pretty crazy in my head.
1: Oh, I love your, your phrasing around that. I, I joke, I, I give it a cookie and put it over here. <laughs> Thank you so much for showing up. I give it a cookie and I uh, move move it aside. But I like your strategy there, right? Is there something you can write down, make it happy, and and do it at a a later time? That's pretty great.
2: And then thanks for showing up. When you're needed, I'll call you back. But for right now, get out of my face.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When you're needed, I'll call you back. That's great. (laughs) Uh, So... Tell me a little bit about your career journey and how did you come to write five books?
2: Well, I have always been in some form of sales, marketing, or business development over the last 30-something years, and I always had a corporate job. I always worked for someone else, and I was... I. I classified myself as the worst employee anybody could ever have because I was always that person who would say why are we doing it this way why can't we do it this way this is much more efficient why would we do it that way when that seems to be three more steps and I got laid off and fired from so many jobs and every time I did I thought you know one of these days I'm going to be my own boss and I said it but I didn't know I didn't necessarily believe it until 2007 when I did I was let go from a job that I was selling franchises and when I'd sell a franchise I would then be able to work with the new franchise owners to be able to help them set up their systems and process and teach their employees how to sell teach them how to be profitable sooner rather than later and I realized that is where I was supposed to be every time I did that I lit up from the inside out So the process of selling franchises always was daunting to me. But once I got in front of someone, that's where my soul went on fire. And I took that opportunity when I got laid off to, I collected unemployment and got a severance and built my business in about two years and just kind of landed in the space of selling for women and a few smart men.
1: A few smart men. Yes,
2: So now these are topics that sometimes don't,
1: don't get to marry well together. Spirituality, mindfulness, and sales can be a dirty word. Mm-hmm. How do you do your work or how do you coach clients through aligning their, their mindfulness practice, their heart, and their soul with what sometimes society tells us is a dirty four-letter word?
2: Well, first, I always tell them that they can build a business, they can spend a fortune on their website and social media, but if they don't understand how people buy and that sales are the only way for any business, and I mean any business to stay in business, you are going to run headfirst into a brick wall every single day. So first, before you do anything, you have to identify the fact that, yes, at some point I am gonna have to step out there and sell myself for my services. And, you, and we do mindset work around that. They have to be able to understand that that is not a hat they wear all day, every day. They're not a salesperson all day, every day. But at some point when someone calls them on the phone or sends them an email and says, I'd like to find out more about your services or your products. How do you step into that conversation? Mindful being authentic and genuine, but also having a good sales process that moves someone from interested in what you do to potentially invested in what you do. It isn't just about hopping on the phone and winging it. So many people would rather wing the sales process versus learn how to sell in a way that makes them show up as super authentic.
1: Wow, well Liz, I can't wait to learn a little bit more about this. We'll be right back after a short break.
0: The Everyday Mindfulness Show is brought to you by Leadership Solutions International. Are you hosting an upcoming conference or convention? Or looking for a speaker to provide inspiration and motivation? Would you like your audiences to know what you know as a listener of the Everyday Mindfulness Show? Check out Leadership Solutions International for more on mindful leadership keynote offerings, on-site mindfulness information centers, and trainings.
1: you're listening to the Everyday Mindfulness Show where we are gathering insights on mindful selling, authentic selling from Liz Wendling. Liz, in the opening part of the show, you started to talk to us about a mindset shift that your clients go through and creating a sales process. We can't just wing this stuff. Again, now this is a little controversial. Sometimes mindfulness people, we, we, we try to just spend so much time in our heart, we're not always in our head. How do you help people build a process that's authentic for them. I know you're going to be uh, sharing a new book about this coming up pretty soon.
2: Yes, I am. Well, first, I, I hear this all day, every day, whether I'm speaking or working with a new client, they almost always say to me, Liz, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be salesy or aggressive or um, self-serving or sleazy or slimy. And I, which I always say good because nobody wants that. But a lot of times what people do who declare those statements they overcorrect and they swing the pendulum way too far to the other side, and then they show up as needy, um, passive, wishy-washy, sometimes even weak, and which that isn't even sexy at all. So they don't realize that both ends of the spectrum are not where business is closed. You can't have a mindset that is aggressive, and you can't have a mindset that is weak. So I teach them that there's a place in the middle that we're gonna create together, that magic of the middle where they get to feel their way into their words. They get to create the language that they want to say to someone and the process that they want to use based on who they are, their personality, their style, and their unique way of being. And I have a way of being able to pull that out of people. I might help them get their language started, but together it's like we're writing this great play. And it's authentic and genuine, and the words that come out of their their mouths land beautifully on the people they're talking to
1: so there's a lot of changes happening in the sales dynamic and that these are happening really rapidly right now yes (laughs) yeah Uh, so rapidly that you had book one come out and then this one's coming out right right after it so we've got more tools i've got linkedin i've got facebook i've got social media i've got phone calls i've got all of these things i mean as an entrepreneur i've got the podcast now there's so much going on how do you help your people sort through all that to actually get business results? Cause I know I have spent thousands of hours diving into stuff that's gotten me nowhere. And yet I know there's business out there, especially um, in this wellness consciousness world. How do you help your clients let go of the fluff and get back to that place as you call it the magic in the middle?
2: Well, great question. And they they truly do have to figure out who they are first. If they're not video people, don't ever want to be on video, then don't listen to all the people out there screaming, "You need to have video. You need to be on video." Or if they don't want to do a podcast because they don't feel like they have a voice for radio or something like that, then that's not for you. So we've got to pull everything apart and put it back together in a way that feels good for them. So we find one, two, or three things that resonate with them that that they can stay committed to and don't give up after just two weeks of trying it. Stay committed to the process and run like heck with it until you start seeing results. And then you can branch out into something else or another avenue. But Don't try to spray all over the place and hope that everything works because that's not how it does. Pick a lane, stay in that lane and get good driving in that lane and then we can expand on that. So a lot of my clients like LinkedIn and Facebook and I have seen abuse on both of those platforms because what people are doing is using LinkedIn and Facebook like they used to use the telephone in a cold call and they don't realize that These are people that will say, I can't cold call. I would never do that. That's beneath me. But yet they have no problem tapping out an email that sounds like nothing more than a virtual sales pitch and a cold call in disguise. Only they're hiding behind the computer doing it. And they don't realize that the person receiving that is thinking the same thing as if you picked up the phone and tried to sell something on a cold call. So they're using different tools, but they're not using the tools in the way that the new consumer appreciates. And it's getting them in trouble and it's stopping the flow for them. They don't realize that if you're going to use the tool, I think it's great, but you have to use it properly. Just like any tool you pick up, if it's a sales tool or if it's a power tool, you better use it correctly or you're going to lose a finger.
1: Well, I love how you demonstrate this in your own business. Uh, Like today, we've opted out of video because this video isn't your primary primary channel, but yet we still have the opportunity to connect in a new way. And yet you have a really great way of connecting to people on Facebook. So talk a little bit about your Facebook strategy, because I never feel like you're selling to me on Facebook, but I love the way that you connect so authentically there and still share your message.
2: It's so for me, it's like I don't have an exact number, but I would say out of a month, I probably share 25 days of just a funny meme or something, something that I hope somebody gets a chuckle out of. And then five times I may share a podcast that I'm going to be on or an article I just wrote or a video I just created. Or uh, I was on a, I don't know, let's say a Facebook live with someone. So it's, it's very little selling and mostly sharing. And I never, ever ask anybody, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. I might share, like the the other day I shared a, uh, somebody wrote a beautiful uh, review on Amazon. So I just put the picture of the book up and her review and that was it. And I didn't say, go buy my book if you want it. I just know that people are smart and they're going to take that action. Now, that's not to say that you shouldn't have a call to action and things that you're doing, but Facebook isn't where I do that. LinkedIn is where I have my call to actions. I write all the time on LinkedIn, and at at the end of every one of my articles, I tell people, if you liked this, give it a thumbs up. If you want to share it, I would be delighted if you did, but if you want more, go here. And then I give them a link to go download something else. And on LinkedIn, that just feels really aligned with who I am and how I do business. And those are the two platforms that I use very consistently. And I see the results. And that's why I keep doing those too. So
1: what's awesome about this is you're saying yes to what really lights you up. Yep. But the little, you know, with every light, there's a little bit of a shadow. Mm-hmm. How do you work with people on the saying no? Because you've had to say no to Instagram and no to Snapchat and you know, no to other things. Maybe the way you've positioned yourself. You're no longer going to serve construction workers. You're not going to serve in different industries. Give us some insight into sales mindset as it relates to the no, because that's part of being really great about your yeses.
2: Very true, and it's not, again, it's not listening to all the chatter that's out in the world that says, oh, you're not doing this, you're crazy, or you're not doing a podcast, or you're not on LinkedIn, and 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 feeling bad about not doing something, and it's, it's getting rid of that chatter that's out there that's making a lot of people feel like they're going down the wrong path. If you don't use this template, you'll never close business on LinkedIn. And, and just almost pulling back from it so far that you don't listen to anybody, but your intuition, go inside. And I work with people helping them kind of identify what is that space in you that's saying, what feels good? If I say the word Facebook to you, what happens? Tell me what comes up right away. What about LinkedIn? And they might say, yeah, you know what? I posted a couple of things a few months ago and I had something that felt really good to me. All right, let's talk that through. What would that look like? And so they simultaneously are saying no to Facebook and yes to LinkedIn. But it's a talking through process and allowing them the space, but also holding them in a, in a space where I, I just don't let them off the hook. I push their buttons a little bit and say, wait a second, what about video that you don't like? Or how, what, what is it that you don't like when you see yourself on video? Well, it's my voice or I don't know what to wear. I don't, like what I, I don't like how I look on camera. Well, what if you got someone who did your hair and makeup and you did 10 videos in one day and you got to share them over 10 weeks or one a month for 10 months? And they're like, oh, I never thought of that. That's a good idea. So I don't let them just get away with saying no to something. I want to know that their no really is a, is a flat out no or a no because I haven't fully embraced what's behind that. Have I thought it, thought it completely through?
1: So you use a word there that we we love we love on the Everyday Mindfulness show, and that's that word, intuition. Uh, and you, you've practiced with yours. You've grown yours over the years in the various ways you're career, shown up in corporate and now being your own boss and all of that. If somebody's new to a mindfulness practice or or a meditation practice or, or just curious, boy, Holly, I listen to all these shows. I hear this word intuition. What are some ways you might have people explore honoring and listening to that intuition because it guides so much of your process as a successful coach yourself and
2: getting more people, more sales. The first thing I tell everyone is because mine is, my, the voice in my head sounds very different than the voice in my heart. It, I could hear the difference of my head saying, you don't want to do that. It's kind of it's snappy. It has a little attitude, but the one that comes from my intuition and my soul and my heart and my body, in my, just right in the center of my body is softer, but it's, it, it's soft and subtle, but it's powerful. It's actually felt. The one in my head just sounds like it's, it just wants to yell at me, but the one that comes from my heart is soft. And it's, it's, I think it's identifying where did that voice come from? Did it come from your head or did it come from your body? Did it come from your brain out your mouth or did it come up from your heart out of your mouth? And listen to that. And it it took me a long time to decipher that because I thought everything that was going on in my head, I thought that was my intuition until I did some stupid things and got myself into some stupid situations because I thought that was my intuition until I heard it one day so powerfully that I thought, oh, that's it. That was it because of where it led me. It led me to someone I was supposed to meet who was supposed to be in my life it actually talked to me in a way that was soft and kind but but it felt so powerful i couldn't say no to it
1: thank you for that that's such a, such a gift to me and and to our listeners that really you have a disciplined daily practice. Would you be willing to maybe share a little bit about how you how you start your day? Because I know you're really intentional about serving the word, world, making a great income, making a great impact, and you are committed to being your highest and best self. And you do some things that help you to show up in that way.
2: Well, seven days a week, my, my morning looks identical. Uh, if, unless I have some... Something unique happening in the morning, but it's, it looks exactly the same. The moment my eyes open up, I, the dog is usually next to me and I put my hand on her belly and I feel her breathing and I start my day that way, just being grateful grateful for my life, grateful for waking up. So I have a, an immediate gratitude practice immediately. It's not always a full 10 minutes. I try to go anywhere between seven and 10 minutes of just being grateful. And then I plan my day in my head. Oh, I'm going to do this. Or I even say things like, oh, I wonder who's going to surprise and delight me today via email or by phone. Who's going to show up today in my inbox that I don't know yet, but wants to know me? I can't wait to see who that is. And I kind of talk that into the universe. Then when I'm ready to get out of bed, the dog and I go out, we take her out for about five, 10 minutes, come home and I drink coffee and read for one full half hour. For the most part, it's no more, no less. It's about a half hour. And then we go out for a run every morning. And that's how my day starts every single day.
1: Well, there's, again, so many gifts in that. Find something that works for you, that invites you to listen to your intuition. I love the, your dynamic there of the questions. And we're going to have you on another show, show all about, about the questions because we live in a world that tells us we always have to have, have to have, to have the answer, answer, yeah. answer. We have to have another sale. We have to have the next client, the next lead. Yet mm-hmm. your books, your coaching, your consulting,
2: help people to honor those outcomes, but maybe have a different path to get to those outcomes. Yes. And it's I'm always delighted and I smile and chuckle. And I, I have a couple of friends that I share this stuff with. And and they'll call me the next day and say, So who delighted and surprised you yesterday? And so they they're even in on the game that, you know, who showed up for you yesterday? And then I get to share a story of just somebody who dropped out like yesterday. I got an email from an attorney in Canada who wants to have a conversation with me about my business. And it's like, oh, wow, whew, surprise and delight. <laughs> and, and it always happens. That's the thing. It's not a rare occurrence. It happens to me all the time. So there's evidence for me that it works and that when I intentionally set my day up and, and do a little bit, bit of an expectation, but a, but a surprised expectation, that why would I stop doing that? I am getting results from it. I'm building my business this way. <laughs>
1: Well, you teased us a little bit telling us that you got a great endorsement on the book and you're so humble. You wouldn't tell us what it is. You give us a little summary of the endorsement of the book. Tell us how we can get more of you, Liz Wendling.
2: Well, it was an endorsement from a woman in London and she just went on and on about how she's been selling for years, thought she was doing everything from her heart and really thought what was coming out of her mouth was authentic and true and didn't make her look like a typical salesperson. until she read the book and said, oh my gosh, I say that every day. I do stuff like that every day. And so it's one thing to say I'm being authentic, but there's another thing of being authentic where your inner and your outer is so lined up that you just show up that way. So she wasn't showing up inauthentic, she was just using language that didn't resonate with clients. So they weren't seeing her as authentic. And she said she couldn't wait just to, to start changing her language and start watching her language as she talked to people and would meet new people because she knew what, what, what came out of her mouth was something that was, could potentially change the outcome of that conversation, and it does.
1: Wow. Well, I I told the the listeners that I was bringing you on the show because I needed to learn from you as as my work continues to grow and expand. And you have certainly delivered some great things Uh, to me. I can't wait to get a copy of this book. Where do
2: I go to get it? You can go to Amazon. All of my books are on Amazon. And this last one is Sell Without Selling Your Soul. And then the new one coming out in about six, seven weeks is called The Art of Authentic Selling. And it goes into a lot of how, do, how do, can you be congruent with how you feel about selling and then how you show the world, the outer skills that you have of selling, where you are just one person, completely authentic, showing up to sell yourself, your products or services. There's no disconnect and, and you're, there's no bait and switch going on. Who you are from the first conversation is the same person all the way through.
1: Well, we are so grateful that you came on the show. Consider this your invitation in seven, eight weeks, or when, you, when you're ready to come back, we'd love to uh, talk some more about the new book, The Art of Authentic Selling. Um, other than your books, what are some ways that people might work with you?
2: Well, they can start at my website. I've got videos on the website, as, as well as a free gift, so they can learn a little bit more about what I'm talking about today, about some of that language that makes you look a little outdated and a little old school. And they can poke around on my website. There's some programs on there and just some things to wet your whistle a little bit. And if they find anything that they think they want some more information around, I'm always open to talk to people.
1: Well, you have a unique name. So what's the domain that will and we'll make sure we link it in the show notes. Awesome.
2: It's lizwendling.com.
1: W-E-N-D-L-I-N-G. Correct. Yep. Yay. Well, Liz, any other last minute sales tips or strategies before we let
2: you get back to your day? Oh, let's go with this one. I'm going to challenge everybody when they're sending emails from here on out to stop using the F word follow up and lose the language of, I'm just following up, I'm just touching base, I'm just reaching out and I'm just checking in. Stop yourself and craft a different email so that you are not perceived as everyone else who's trying to get inside someone's inbox.
1: Ooh, stop the F word, how perfect is that?
2: (laughs) Because these days, that word is the F word.
1: Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I've got some emails to rewrite and (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much, Liz. We'll look forward to having you on another episode of the Everyday Mindfulness Show. Remember, mindful matters. Thank
2: you so much.
0: Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more mindfulness every day, visit everydaymindfulnessshow.com and download the three-day challenge and experience the ABCs of mindfulness.